Chapter Three B of The Sheik. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chuck Williamson. The Sheik by E. M. Hull. Chapter Three B. He is rightly named Shaitan, Madame, for he is assuredly possessed of a devil he said indicating the chestnut who at that moment with a violent plunge broke away from the men who were holding him and headed for the edge of the oasis with the arabs streaming after him the mounted men will catch him he added with a little laugh in response to diana's exclamation is he amusing himself or is it really vice she asked pure vice madame he has killed three men diana looked at him incredulously for his tone was casual and his manner did not indicate any undue feeling he ought to be shot she said indignantly the man shrugged monseigneur is fond of him he said quietly and so because monseigneur was fond of him the vicious animal was surrounded with every care that his master's pleasure might not be interfered with evidently the lives of his wretched people were of less value to him than that of his favorite horse it sounded compatible with the mercilessness she had herself experienced what she would not have believed yesterday to-day seemed terribly credible the courage that the relief of his absence brought back was sinking fast as fast as the red ball glowing in the heavens was sinking down toward the horizon she turned from her own fearful thoughts to look at some more horses that were being led away to the lines of the other side of the camp the horses are magnificent but they are bigger than any arabs i have ever seen before they are a special breed madame replied the frenchman the tribe has been famous for them for generations monseigneur's horses are known through all the barbary states and as far as france he added with a little accent of pride creeping into his voice diana looked at him speculatively there was an inflection in his voice each time he mentioned his master that indicated a devotion that she was unable to accredit to the brute for whose treatment she was still suffering but her thoughts were broken into abruptly there is monseigneur said the servant suddenly he spoke as if she too must be glad of his coming did the valet imagine for one moment that she was here of her own free will or was it all a part of the hypocrisy in which she seemed to be enveloped she flashed one glance at the horseman riding through the belt of trees that fringed the oasis and an icy perspiration chilled her from head to foot she shrank back under the awning and into the coolness of the tent raging against the mastering fear that she could not overcome but just inside the open doorway she stood firm even her fear could not make her go further she would meet him here not cowering into the inner room like a trembling creature skulking in the furthest corner of its cage that much pride at least was left 
from the shelter of the tent she watched the troop arrive at the open space before her the horse the sheik was riding was jet black and diana looked from the beautiful creature's satiny coat to the man's white robes with angry contempt black and white black and white mountebank she muttered through her clenched teeth then as he swung to the ground every thought fell from her but the terror he inspired she waited breathless the swift racing of her heart an actual physical pain he lingered fondling the great black horse and even after it had been led away he stood looking after her talking to a tall young arab who had ridden in with him at last he turned and came leisurely toward the tent he paused at the door to speak to the frenchman a picturesque barbaric figure with flowing robes and a great white cloak the profile of his lean face clean-cut against the evening sky the haughty poise of his head emphasized by the attitude in which he was standing arrogant dominating he moved his hands when he spoke with quick expressive gestures but his voice was slow and soft pitched in a deep musical key but with all its softness unmistakably authoritative he pointed with outstretched steady hand to something beyond her line of vision and as he turned to enter the tent he laughed softly and she shivered involuntarily then he swept in and she drew back from him with lowered eyes she would not look at him she would not meet his look his presence was an offence she was scorched with shame every fibre of her being cried out in protest at his proximity she wished with passionate fierceness that she could die she shook feverishly and caught her quivering lip between her teeth to keep it still and the red-gold curls lay wet against her forehead her breast heaved stormily with the rapid beating of her heart but she held herself proudly erect he crossed the tent with a long noiseless stride i hope that gaston took care of you properly and gave you everything you wanted he said easily stooping a little table to light a cigarette the coolness of his words and manner were like a dash of cold water she had been prepared for anything but this calm nonchalance in a situation that was intolerable his tone conveyed the perfunctory regret of a host for an unavoidable absence her fear gave way to rage her body stiffened her hands clenched is it not time that this ended haven't you done enough she burst out passionately why have you committed this outrage a thin thread of smoke drifted towards her as if the hand holding the cigarette had moved in her direction in one of the gestures that she had noticed outside but there was no answer his silence infuriated her and she grew utterly reckless do you think that you can keep me here you fool that i can vanish into the desert and no notice be made of my disappearance that no inquiries will be made there will be no inquiries he answered calmly 
she ground the heel of her boot into the soft carpet there will be inquiries she choked furiously i am not such a non-entity that nothing will be done when i am missed the english authorities will make the french government find out who is responsible and you will have to pay for what you have done he laughed the little amused laugh that sent the same cold feeling of dread through her that she had felt the day before the french government has no jurisdiction over me i am not subject to it i am an independent chief my own master i recognize no government my tribe obey me and only me her shaking fingers found the handkerchief for which they were groping and she wiped the moisture that had gathered on the palms of her hands when i am missed she began desperately trying to keep a bold front but her assurance was leaving her you will not be missed for so long that it will be too late he replied dryly too late what do you mean she gasped your own plans will stop any possibility of inquiry for some time to come he paused and behind her diana heard him strike another match the banal little incident nearly snapped her nerves that were stretched to breaking point she put her hands to her head to try and stop the throbbing in her temples you engaged a caravan in charge of mustafa ali he went on evenly to travel in the desert for a month you set out from biskra but your intention was at the end of the time to travel northward to oran and there dismissed the caravan from there you were to cross marseilles then to cherbourg where you would embark for america to follow your brother who has already started she listened breathlessly with an ever-increasing fear growing in her eyes the slow casual voice detailing her itinerary with the quiet certainty of perfect knowledge filled her with a terror that made her want to scream she swayed a little as she stood her eyes fixed on the endless strip of desert and gold-flecked sky visible through the opening of the tent but she saw nothing of the undulating sand nor the red glory of the setting sun how do you know all of this she whispered with dry lips that trembled i wished to know it was quite simple the answer was given carelessly and again the thin thread of smoke drifted across her face her anger flamed up again is it money you want are you holding me for ransom but her scornful voice faltered and died away on the last word and it did not need his silence to convince her that it was no question of ransom she had only spoken to try and stifle the inner conviction that grew despite her efforts to crush it her hands were locked together tightly her eyes still staring out unseeing at the wonderful sunset she felt dazed hopeless like a fugitive who has turned into a cul-de-sac hemmed in on every side there seemed no way out no loophole of escape she wrung her hands convulsively and a great shudder shook her 
then in her despair a faint ray of hope came mustafa ali or one of the caravan men may have given the alarm already in biskra if you have not murdered them all she whispered jerkily i have not murdered them all he rejoined shortly but mustafa ali will not give them any alarm in biskra why she tried to keep silent but the question was forced from her and she waited tense for his answer tales of ruthless arab cruelty surged through her mind what had been the fate of the unfortunate caravan leader her eyes closed and her throat grew dry there was no need for any murder he continued sarcastically when you come to know me better you will realize that i do not leave too much to chance all things are with allah blessed be his name good but it is well to remember that allah does not always concern himself with the affairs of men and arrange accordingly if i had left this affair to chance there might very easily have been as you suggest murder done though we do not call it murder in the desert it is very simple voyons you paid mustafa ali well to guide you in the desert i paid him better to lead you to me i paid him well enough to make him content to remove himself from biskra where awkward questions might be asked to another sphere of usefulness where he is not known and where he can build up for himself a new reputation as a caravan leader there was another silence and her hands went groping to her throat it had been no chance affair then no accidental meeting that the arab chief had turned to his own account but an organized outrage that had been carefully planned from the beginning from the very outset she had been a dupe she ground her teeth with rage her suave subservient guide had been leading her the whole time not in the direction that had been mapped out in biskra but towards the man who had bought him to betray his trust mustafa ali's shifting eyes his desire to hurry her from the oasis where they had rested at midday his tone were all explained he had acted well the last touch the imaginary wound that had toppled him slowly out of his saddle had been a masterpiece she reflected bitterly nothing had been omitted to make the attempt a success the horse that had been given her to ride was the sheik's beyond all doubt trained to his whistle even her revolver had been tampered with she had not missed as she thought she remembered the noise the fleeting vision she had had in the hotel at biskra it had been someone in her room mustafa ali himself or one of his men who had stolen in and substituted the blank cartridges the possibility of aubrey changing his mind and accompanying her must also have been thought of for the sheik had provided against the resistance that would certainly have been made by the number of followers he had brought with him a large enough force to frustrate easily any attempted opposition to the attack 
the net that she had felt closing round her earlier in the afternoon seemed wrapped round her now inextricably drawing tighter and tighter smothering her she gasped for breath the sinking sun seemed suddenly to leap up wildly into the heavens then she pulled herself together with a tremendous effort why have you done this she murmured faintly then for a moment her heart stood still her eyes dilating he had come close behind her and she waited in an agony until he caught her to him crushing her against him forcing her head back on his arm because i wanted you because one day in biskra four weeks ago i saw you for a few moments long enough to know that i wanted you and what i want i take you played into my hands you arranged a tour in the desert the rest was easy her eyes were shut the long dark lashes quivering on her pale cheeks so that she could not see his face but she felt him draw her closer to him and then his fierce kisses on her mouth she struggled frantically but she was helpless and he laughed softly as he kissed her lips her hair her eyes passionately he stood quite still but she felt the heavy beating of his heart under her cheek and understood dimly the passion that she had aroused in him she had experienced his tremendous strength she realized from what he had told her that he recognized no law beyond his own wishes and was prepared to go to any lengths to fulfill them she knew that her life was in his hands that he could break her with his lean brown fingers like a toy is broken and all at once she felt pitifully weak and frightened she was utterly in his power and at his mercy the mercy of an arab who was merciless she gave in suddenly lying quiet in his arms she had touched the lowest depths of degradation he could do nothing more to her than he had done for a moment she could fight no further she was worn out and utterly weary a numb feeling of despair came over her and with it a sense of unreality as if it were a hideous nightmare from which she would wake for the truth seemed too impossible and the setting too theatrical the man himself was a mystery she could not reconcile him and the barbaric display in which he lived with the evidence of refinement and education that the well-worn books in the tent evinced the fastidious ordering of his appointments puzzled her it was strange to find in such a place a dozen incongruities that she had noticed during the day crowded in her recollection until her head reeled she turned from them wearily she was too tired to think too spent in mind and body and with the despair a kind of indifference stole over her she had suffered so much that nothing more mattered the strong arms around her tightened slowly look at me he said in the soft slow voice that seemed habitual to him and which contrasted oddly with the neat 
clipping french that he spoke she shivered and her dark lashes flickered for a moment look at me his voice was just as slow just as soft but into it crept an inflection that was unmistakable twenty-four hours ago diana mayo had not known the meaning of the word fear and had never in all her life obeyed any one against her inclination but in twenty-four hours she had lived through years of emotions for the first time she had pitted her will against a will that was stronger than her own for the first time she had met an arrogance that was greater and a determination that was firmer than hers for the first time she had met a man who had failed to bow to her wishes whom a look had been powerless to transform into a willing slave in a few hours that had elapsed she had learned fear a terrible fear that left her sick with apprehension and she was learning obedience obedient now she forced herself to lift her eyes to his and the shamed blood surged slowly into her cheeks his dark passionate eyes burnt into her like a hot flame his encircling arms were like bands of fire scorching her his touch was torture helpless like a trapped wild thing she lay against him panting trembling her wide eyes fixed on him held against their will fascinated she could not turn them away and the image of the brown handsome face with its flashing eyes straight cruel mouth and strong chin seemed searing into her brain the faint indefinite scent of an uncommon turkish tobacco clung about him enveloping her she had been conscious of the same scent the previous day when he had held her in his arms during the wild ride across the desert end of chapter three b